0: Welcome, friends, to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show for April 6th, 2021. It's episode 489. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I want to welcome the rest of the panel this week. As usual, joining me, of course, Miranda Sanchez. Hi,
1: hello. Welcome, everyone.
0: The bam-tastic Destin Legary making his triumphant return. Bam! What is <laughs> up, everybody? Let's Peek- get hyped for this show. <laughs> Peaking that <laughs> audio on, level. Producer's nightmare. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, friend of the podcast welcoming him back,
2: Lord Cognito himself from the Iron Lords podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Absolute pleasure to be back in the realm of Unlocked. Uh, when you do have the best thing I had to be here, a lot to talk about, and uh, as baseball fans, a lot to talk about as well. That's right. Yeah, we've
0: got a, a very, very interesting discussion to be had this week. In fact, I was so happy putting together the run of show this week because, you know, I don't have to beat the dead horse, but you guys know that unlocked for a lot of the last entire generation a lot of third-party talk not as much about stuff going on with xbox itself because there hasn't been always as much (laughs) but this week it is it is just all microsoft all like x things that could not be talked about on beyond or nvc so it's going to be a fun show uh first just a quick once again got to hammer this home to everybody because i know not everybody watches every week necessarily IGN games that is our new home on YouTube youtube.com slash IGN games the unlocked YouTube channel is no more We are now under a new home at YouTube along with our friends at Beyond and NVC and GameScoop so subscribe over there There is an unlocked playlist if that is convenient for you, but please uh, sub to us over at youtube.com slash IGN games all right with that Why waste any more time? Uh, Lord Cognito, let's let's talk baseball, and I know the rest of the panel's eager to weigh in on the sort of larger uh, side of this that's not baseball-specific, but first of all, we've just got, on the surface level, we got some great news. MLB The Show 21, uh, not only is it finally coming to Xbox this year, as we knew, but it is launching day one into Game Pass, LC, uh, please re- respond to this just simply as a baseball fan
2: before we get into the larger platform discussion here. As a baseball fan, this is a dream come true. And, um, you know, MLB The Show, in my opinion, is just the definitive experience, but it's as a baseball fan having a licensed game on the Xbox platform that's simulation-based at the, the the opening week, the announcement and opening week, couldn't have hit harder i got a ton much more to say if you want me to go on but man th- oh this, please do this... that's why we okay. have <laughs> yes <laughs> yes go yeah i mean for me this it's really special for me ryan because um yeah. you know at the end of the day i've grew up playing a lot of these baseball games whether it be you know triple play baseball mvp mm-hmm. baseball you know rbi and, and the thing that for me it holds a special significance is my first d3 was 2015 and yeah. um, I remember meeting Phil Spencer for the first time. He, he may have been president just very briefly. And at the time during Fan Fest, one of the questions were like, hey, what can we do to improve Xbox? And me being selfish as a gamer, instead of thinking these elaborate things, I'm like, how come we don't have a baseball game <laughs> on the platform? So I know we'll get into the ramifications, but you know, this is special. You know, th- this is a true dream come true from a simulation standpoint. This is the gold standard and MLB, the show on Xbox. And again, day and day is tremendous. Absolutely tremendous.
0: Yeah, this is a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a miracle that we have a simulation baseball game at all in the entire industry. Cause MLB, the show is it, you know, there's, yes. there's RBI baseball, which MLB actually develops and publishes itself. But you and I both know that's not a, that's not a hardcore baseball fan game. That's a, you know, it is what it is. It's a casual baseball experience. MLB The Show has been the gold standard for so many years, and uh, thank goodness it's good, because if it wasn't, <laughs> we'd be all, we as baseball fans, we'd be out of luck. But yeah, it is, uh, it is such great news that it's launching into Game Pass. Just a huge get. Uh, and now I want to bring in the rest of the panel. I'm going to go to Destin first here. Destin, the obvious uh, next thing to talk about with this is that This is a Sony game that is launching into Xbox Game Pass on day one that and it's not going to do that on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 because there is no Game Pass over there. I mean, this is the optics on this are
3: incredible for Microsoft. There is text in this trailer that says the game has changed, and I can't think of anything more fitting to go along with this announcement about MLB The Show 21 coming to Game Pass than that text. First of all, you can sign up for Game Pass for a dollar for a month, right? So basically, if you're on Xbox, you're getting MLB The Show for a dollar or you can at least play it for a month for a dollar, or you can pay the subscription fee. Meanwhile, on the PlayStation five, you're getting it for $70. It's also an incredible trip to see the PlayStation logo at the start of the trailer on the Xbox channel. (laughs) This is really, really significant for the industry, for Game Pass, for Xbox. And it says a lot about the collaborations that Xbox is going out and going for and getting. Now these agreements are made ahead of time, and the the publisher and developer uh, come to an agreement, a financial agreement about how they'll be paid that they're happy with before they enter into these Game Pass agreements. So I've seen a lot of talk online about, oh, this is like like Game Pass. I'm really, really worried about the developers. So the developers have talked about this multiple times. Phil Spencer has talked about how the payment structure works. So don't worry about that aspect because largely the resounding feedback has been this is positive. Now, my larger question is, why is Sony doing their fans dirty? (laughs) Uh, This is a fantastic deal for Xbox for Game Pass. Sony has to do something either with... PlayStation Plus or PlayStation now because fans are feeling burnt by this and on the PlayStation platform, of course. And it, it, meanwhile, Xbox fans are just cheering in the, in the stands to, Nice to, for a baseball reference, if you want one, um, <laughs> about this collaboration. It's really trippy. It's so trippy to see the PlayStation logo on, on an Xbox trailer. It's I don't know, like, where are we going from here? What's next? <laughs> well,
0: I mean on that note to be clear, th- so this is this is an MLB deal. Uh this is yeah. MLB dictating all of this. I mean it's MLB is the reason that this game is on Xbox, MLB is the reason that it's on Game Pass. I mean if you look past the 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 totally justified fanboy excitement here, which I mean bask in it, enjoy it. We've been waiting for moments like this where it's like, yes, a a true win for Microsoft. It's, you know, with no strings attached, this is awesome um but you know this is uh this is something that MLB uh wanted to do and I think it's brilliant because it's the game's coming to Xbox for the first time you know there are many 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 baseball fans on Xbox who probably don't know the series because if they yes. just don't game on PlayStation they're they maybe they've heard of it but they probably haven't pl- many of them haven't played it so what better way you know MLB's looking they're looking long term here they're not just thinking about 2021. They want to get people hooked on this game so that they're playing it and uh, spending money with it. Whether it's you know the the deluxe edition for next year or this year, or, you know, they're ultimately they are in this uh, to to get exposure and and people and players into the game and playing baseball games and thus watching real baseball games. I mean, there, there's a much bigger picture here for MLB, and, and in that regard. I think it's very smart to just come right to Xbox and right at the gate, put it right on Game Pass to put it in front of as many people as possible. Uh, Miranda, what are your thoughts on this?
1: The only baseball game that I've played is Backyard Baseball, and I had a hell of a time with it. Yeah, Yeah. I love the backyard games, uh, but that's not what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think this occurrence is kind of a one-off, as exciting as it is. Um, I think it is apt for us to be excited to see something that is coming usually from Sony on, especially Game Pass. And Dustin just nailed it when saying, hey, Sony, a lot of us have been saying this like, hey, why don't you have any service comparable to Game Pass? Like, when is that actually going to happen? Like these one off free games for the PS5 that happened with that people have probably already played. That's not cutting it. Um, and I don't know if Sony's ever going to budge, and I feel like they kind of have to at some point because, honestly, we say it, like, every week, I feel like, at this point, but Game Pass just keeps getting better, and it's honestly such an awesome thing to see because it is such a wonderful consumer product. Um, Sorry, my cat is actually attacking me right now. She's really (laughs) excited about Game Pass. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's great to have just another thing to add to Game Pass that is ready for us to be excited for and i am curious to see like what sort of big deals like they'll have for this in the future for game pass i mean honestly if you just having bethesda like that whole lineup just adding the game pass that's still just huge and obviously that was a very expensive acquisition but i feel like it just keeps getting better and i'm so happy for that also overwhelmed because there are so many games to play
3: <laughs> yeah
0: Lord there's of uh oh go ahead Destin.
3: There's a lot to dive in there. Yeah, uh, to elaborate on your point, Miranda, PlayStation has a few things like uh, PlayStation Plus has the PlayStation Collection, which allows you access to like 18 of their their Megaton games. I know Bloodborne's on there. I believe yeah, God of War's on that's there. That's only on PS5 <laughs>
1: few- though. For sure, only on PS5.
3: And then there's then there's PlayStation Now, which has like 800 games or something like that. But 400 of them are streamable and the streaming service has been largely documented as quite poor. And then there's about 400 downloadable games. But the library is a lot of like older stuff that's been out for a long time. They are just they're not where they need to be with the PlayStation Now service, which is where they have an opportunity to compete with Game Pass, but they're they're just not leveraging it in the way that I think they should be. Game Pass is just new games constantly being refreshed. Uh, it's just a really, really enticing service that users can get in on day one. And look, I'm not a baseball fan, Ryan. I know you and Lord are big baseball guys. I will play MLB The Show 21, and that's exactly what MLB wants. They want new fans. They want new people to get into their MLB The Show 21 ecosystem. And as somebody – like I've read a lot about Game Pass and like what's going on there. And here's the thing. People will spend more money with Game Pass at the end of the day. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how – you know, sales wind up for PlayStation versus Xbox, and um, I think there's going to be a lot of data that we don't know about for MLB the show 21. But MLB is going to be largely happy with this, I would guess, because of those pre-arranged agreements with Microsoft.
0: Yeah. Before I go back to Lord Cognito here, Destin, you bring up a good point. I, I'm I'm glad you reminded me. Uh, you're talking about how this will be worthwhile for MLB, and and granted, this is a you know this is a different example. It's not an Apple's to Apple's thing. But uh, if you go watch my IGN Unfiltered interview with Sean Crankle from Night School Studio, makers of Oxenfree and After Party. I actually talked to him about this because they uh, they brought Oxenfree, which which I think all of us love, uh, into into Game Pass after the fact, after it had been out. And then they launched After Party right into it. Uh, and Sean told me very interesting because I was asking him everything that gamers have wondered, like, well, wait a second. You know, how, how does this work economically for you guys? And uh, and he was saying that, yeah, you know, they 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 make it work. They not only kind of take a lot of the risk out uh, in the in the Game Pass deal, at least for them, because every developer can have a different Game Pass deal. But what was uh, what he stuck what stuck out to me that he said was that they saw spikes in sales on all platforms that Oxenfree was on after it went into Game Pass because, you know, maybe people might. Might end their game pass subscription, but remember that they. Well, I love that game. I love that Oxenfree, and then they buy it, or Ooh. they might double dip and buy it also on another platform like their Switch or something that that doesn't necessarily apply to something like MLB <laughs> The Show that's not on the Switch. But the point is, there there are a lot of uh, things that we don't that we're not privy to seeing as gamers behind the scenes on the business side that there are clearly advantages many of them to going into game pass that uh that that microsoft is is making it worth these developers while mm-hmm. and uh, lc i'm curious you know yeah. now we have i mean mlb the show this this news followed outriders you know again not a Just okay not it. the biggest it, you know i think respectfully it's safe to call that one probably like <laughs> the next tier down from like a Final Fantasy, to use another game in, in Square's lineup. You but, could
3: compare it to Destiny, which is also on Game Pass. Bam! <laughs>
0: yeah. but, 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 like, Boom. Talk about, uh, Cognito, talk about kind of the third... I mean, the third-party situation now.
2: We're. I almost wonder if we're going to start to see a snowball effect. You just read my mind, right? Because that's what I wanted to jump on. I mean, this, to me, represents a paradigm shift in the sense of how next-generation warfare is going to be fought. Because in the past... You know, Sony was very aggressive with third party timed exclusives, and if there was one Achilles heel you would say about Game Pass was outside of the first party titles day and date, third party games would come later in the cycle. What's amazing about what's happening, and I think it even started with Octopath Traveler, which is a Switch exclusive, a JRPG that has its own base. As Destin mentioned, Outriders. As a Luda Shooter fan, I feel game, uh, games like that, like Destiny and Outriders, are perfect for engagement in Game Pass. You know what I mean? Those type of ecosystems. Now you have MLB to Show day and date. So to me, it look, I look at what Microsoft is doing and I say, OK, they may say we we may not go after the third party in that matter, but we are putting so much value on Game Pass that we're making it the ultimate value proposition. And that is going to be a tough thing for Sony to combat if Microsoft remains aggressive. And all signs seem to point that maybe this is the route they take. And what's kind of amazing about this whole situation is Game Pass is growing and, and like Miranda said, like right now, we, we know about the Bethesda deal, right? We know about first party, you know, the studios from um, Xbox game studios that they're going to be developing. They're growing when those quote unquote bangers haven't come yet. Right. So that's exciting to see this level of, of growth and commitment. And I just think that the, the battle lines have, have changed, man. And, and this is going to be a very exciting generation MLB will be the show. Another point I want to make out about the deal that I don't think it's uh, stated a lot is that. It's also on streaming devices. So now we're talking about that future plan of Game Pass, xCloud you know, in, in ecosystems that normally might not buy an Xbox console. Now you can stream it to mobile. We know iOS is coming. We know eventually TV, PC. We've seen Phil traveling to Bethesda on his, on his laptop with the, you know, with a game going on as far as um, our X Cloud game streaming. So this is truly future thinking, long game stuff. And it's exciting. And again, the last point I'll make is the the, the, the pure calculation of the move, you know, opening week of baseball, Ryan, right? <laughs> yes. And not a coincidence. And, you know, again, I feel I, must know what the significance of that move means, you know, especially like, like, you know, Destin said, this is a PlayStation synonymous brand game. And now as a PlayStation gamer, you feel kind of a way about it. Like, they're, in a sense, getting it for free as opposed to, you know, this service. So tremendous move. I think it's only the beginning. It's truly an exciting time to be a gamer. And, and Game Pass just clearly seems to be one of the best deals in gaming right
3: now. And, Lord, the perception is changing and we're seeing it. I feel like a, a new story is popping up every day. Kotaku, Verge, Forbes, IGN's Zone, Brian Altano, My main box is Xbox now, and I play the exclusives on PlayStation. Why? Because they have Game Pass. I can play these third parties day one. I can play all the exclusives day one on Game Pass. And it's really, really converting people and driving sales for the Xbox brand. It's really fascinating to see this shift and recognition that Xbox is forward thinking. And backwards thinking if we want to talk about backwards (laughs) compatibility support. Uh, And they're just really creating this amazing ecosystem for gamers. And Sony needs to catch up. Now, I don't want to dig on Sony. I actually just want to see what Sony is going to do to compete, because this should be driving competition, which is going to mean wins for the PlayStation brand also. yeah, Where is it?
1: Exactly that. Like, I I want that. I play, although we are here on Unlocked, like I play all the systems. I have a Switch, I have a PS5. I have not touched my PS5 much. I feel so bad about that because people are still trying to find them. But I feel like the pool there just isn't the same because they don't have that sort of Game Pass sort of system. And honestly, having Game Pass is really such an in for a lot of games that maybe I missed when I was younger. Or maybe I could see a lot of people who didn't have a game or an Xbox growing up can now get into those games because they are on Games Pass. And that's something I'm looking for for Sony to have, and they just don't. And that's very off putting in a way. And also, controllers, guys. I will always come back to this. I just want to use my (laughs) Xbox controller.
2: (laughs) (laughs) To to, to, (laughs) to what everybody's (laughs)
0: saying, I mean, I I feel like uh, is Microsoft is just make their moat is getting wider game yeah. pass. I feel like is their moat around the castle and it's the, the longer every day that Sony isn't spinning up their own comparable service, which for all we know behind the scenes, they might be doing that right now, readying it for a summer, you know, E3, but not E3 because they're not an E3 announcement, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but yeah. it, it just seems like, uh, that's what it feels like to me is is it's gonna it makes it harder for Sony to catch up when there's just this continuous momentum we're seeing it like you guys are saying every every week it feels like there's two or three new Game Pass announcements whether it's whether it's MLB the show whether it's Outriders actually releasing whether it's the the ID at Xbox Indie Showcase where I think what was it 22 of those games many of which looked awesome Launching day one into Game Pass, it's just, I, there, there comes a point where it's, uh, Sony's going to have a hard time playing catch up on this.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, battle lines are drawn, and, and, again, and what I like about it is the diversity Yes. Because there's so there's something for everybody. Even Miranda, right? She may not be interested in MLB show as much, but you know she, she may like Octopath Travel, right? You, you, she may be getting invested in, in, in uh, Outriders. And the thing about it is just the the ultimate value pr- uh, proposition, as well as the ease of entry. Even if you're not interested, because it's in the service, you may now be curious. Yeah, your friends are playing it. Let me try it. And and the last point, Destin made a good point too. Being in that ecosystem because you almost feel like you're getting away with something, the data may show on their end that, you know, gamers are more inclined to spend on microtransactions and other things that they may not have. And and the last point, and I think, Ryan, you'll appreciate this, is that what I like is that Game Pass is almost pseudo-becoming like the sports console again, you know, where that will be the show, obviously the EA deal with Madden, sure. NHL. You know, it, it, it's pretty exciting because there's some gamers... You know, I don't want to just, you know, label people, but, you know, casual gamers, so to speak. Right. Who may for a year purchase a Madden or an NBA 2K or a Call of Duty. And that's their main games for the year. Now you look at both platforms. And if you can pick up this service for 10 to 15 a month right? And have all those games in that service that you would have bought anyway, again, value proposition, it becomes almost a no-brainer. And and Sony's going to have to figure out how they combat that, whether it be more aggressive timed exclusives or bulking up PS Now, because a lot of people in the PlayStation community say, hey, how come at least it's not even in PS Now or, you know, plus like how Game Pass is? This is something they're going to have to address. You look yep. at a game like Descenders, who say that they quadrupled their sales
3: when the game came to Game Pass. What is this going to do for MLB? People are going to want to say, "I own this game." They're going to convert to sales, and it's going to be really, discount. really interesting.
0: Yeah, most game, right? you know most games are are available for purchase at a discount
2: through Game yes. Pass. Yep. that's the thing.
0: Yep. So exactly. yeah, that's the thing. And and I think the, there's another part of this too, just piggybacking on what all of you are saying, and that is you know with with Xbox you can know, almost say that Phil Spencer's playing 4d chess here because they're they've got all this momentum going now with these third party things but to to what I I think one of you was saying earlier about first party that that stuff is coming. I mean, I know it's people are tired of hearing that it's coming rather than it's here, but that's the reality is is it is all coming along with all the Bethesda stuff as Miranda talked about and by that point, you're talking about that game pass will have accrued all this momentum and this this it's already this tremendous must-have service and then you'll start to see halo infinite go in there day one psychonauts 2 go in there day one hellblade 2 forza motorsport Avowed, fable, fable. you know, <laughs> you know, State of decay, uh, while, flight Starfield, Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls, 6, like, it, just yeah. it just goes, it just keeps going. And it's like, so it's you look that the, the all the groundwork they're laying now, it's just gonna, it's just gonna level up, it's just gonna go to the next level once the first parties finally start, start delivering. So it's just really awesome to see uh, this. And, and this was, I mean, this, this MLB the show thing. Uh, I guess I should finish the segment by saying uh that I don't. I don't know. Is this? Can we just refer to this controller as Crow? Because I think I have to eat it. Because just a few weeks ago on Unlocked, we were talking about like there's no way. The, the question came up: Would Would MLB the Show come to Game Pass? No way, because it would make Sony look bad. So I'll just eat this.
4: This is you're, the Crow. You're a man of your word. You're a man yeah, of your it's word. Just I like,
0: respect it. I mean. It, <laughs> But again, think, you know, thinking yeah. deeper about it, it's really smart on MLB's part cuz they want to get people interested in this game not just for this year, but for when it's on at Xbox next year and the year after and the year after. And they know, MLB knows that if people, if baseball fans try MLB The Show, granted we haven't reviewed MLB The Show 21 yet, but history suggests that if Xbox gamers try MLB The Show 21, they're gonna find a fantastic baseball game and they're gonna wanna spend time with it. They're gonna wanna spend money on it. So this is Absolutely. awesome. Great stuff. Bravo to Microsoft and MLB. Keep that Game Pass momentum rolling. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by Nord VPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts. Nord VPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked, without the E, that's nordvp dot com u-n-l-o-c-k-d, And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E.
4: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale.
2: You can eat it, or if someone hits you,
4: you can put it on your cut. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
2: This is the story of Harry Dalowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
4: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Uh, Speaking of momentum, E3 is trying to rebuild it from scratch because all their momentum died. (laughs) for sure last year if not the year before E3 2021 will return as an all digital format uh is confirmed we have the dates now June 12th to the 15th uh it confirmed to include will uh, is Nintendo participating Xbox participating Capcom Konami Ubisoft Take-Two Warner Brothers and Coke Media so uh Sony not on this list they did not participate well, there wasn't one last year, and they didn't participate in 2019. Uh, also missing, EA—they've been out of—they've—they've they've given the middle finger to the ESA for years now. Doing EA play, Square Enix—they're uh, out. Uh, for as of now, anyway, they, uh, the ESA. Just making it clear, this is a tentative list for now. Sega still on the sidelines for now. Bandai, uh, Tencent, Five Hundred Five, and Activision. Now, Activision also has sat out the last E3 or two as well. Uh, They're promising live press conferences during this June 12th to the 15th window and a four-day-long video stream. God help the hosts of that. (laughs) Uh, So it'll be a heck of a production. And they say the show will be, quote, a reimagined and hyper-engaged digital experience. Uh, Let me go Destin's way on this first. So, Destin, it seems that we... uh, There's a name that wasn't included there, and that's Bethesda.
3: Oh, well, yeah, they're doing they're they are doing an event like they confirmed that during the roundtable. So now we we know it's a joint event, basically. Yeah. And uh, Coke Media, Deep Silver is what you should be reading between the lines there. And I was one I was just looking up really quick a few of their properties. Uh, They've done some interesting stuff last few years. Um, Saints Saints Row would be
0: the, the number one thing that comes to mind that maybe they would announce.
3: Yeah. Metro and Dead Island, Two are also like pretty big franchises there. Right. I'm excited about E3. What does this look like digitally, though? I think, you know, the thing about E3 for me is like I like the Nintendo conference. I like the Xbox conference and I like the PlayStation conference. And then E3 is just like this nightmare sea of people. E3 doesn't do a conference. Right. They do like a, a series of live shows. So it's going to be. Uh, more of that. But now Jeff Keeley is doing his own thing. We're doing our own thing and they have a lot of competition on the block. True. So are they going to be able to rise to the expectation and challenge of what E3 is with this new event? It's going to be super interesting. They have some big names. What are they bringing content wise? That's that's the question that I have.
0: Miranda, I want to go to you next. I mean, this, this is just an honest question. Uh, do you care about E3 if it's not a physical Thing that we're going to and seeing a bunch of games at
1: Oh, of course. I mean, before I worked at IGN, it was always digital for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a that's the thing. I think that's a perspective. Sometimes we forget true. is that. Yes, we get to go. And it's a big event for us to cover. And I think that still stands true. And there's many ways for us to do that in this um, new environment. We've already found some ways to do previews and stuff online and digitally. Uh, but for a large part, E3 was an online thing. And then media like us, we would bring the extra parts that happened after the press conferences. But um, I-, I think there's a lot of fond memories of just sitting there and watching the press conferences one after another like booking days off or maybe like skipping school actually it was summer there was no school there was no school i don't even remember what school is like anymore uh i'm so honestly i'm so old no i'm not that old yet okay anyway um but there are things to still look forward to and honestly it comes down to these individual companies right really bringing their presentations to make them that's something enjoyable and engaging for their audience um, and I think E3 has – the ESA specifically needs to put them together in an interesting fashion, and it sounds like what they're doing as far as being hyper-engaged part is what they're going to bring to it, right? So they have to find a way to weave everything together and to make people feel like that they are involved, uh, which makes sense because their last time in 2019, that was their focus, right? They wanted to have a fan experience and really integrate fan interactions, um, and so, if this is their digital version of that, it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate it just because there's, I would assume, many people watching. So, how do you make sure that you don't get in the way of the reveals and everything around it, but still integrate that fan interaction? But that's for them to figure out and not us. So,
0: hey, Destin, remember that time that they accidentally doxed a bunch of media members by leaking <laughs> yeah, all their that personal was great, information? Ryan,
3: thanks for <laughs> reminding me. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: There was that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <But>,
1: yeah. Lord <laughs> um,
0: Yeah. What, like, are, are, does does, e, does seeing E3 back as a thing energize you as a gamer?
2: Slightly. Slightly. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm always going to have a nostalgic piece of it. Obviously, I met pretty much all of you, you know, at E3 at some oh. point. And, um, you know... It's, it's right now they're in a, a a transitionary period, I feel. And, you know, we have to see, I think that's a bit a good point. We have to see, you know, the format on how they approach it, because like you said, you know, Jeff Keighley, he's got his own thing. You, you guys have a, a great thing going on, you know, with the summer events. So what a lot of companies have realized is that from a financial standpoint, you know, you're able to save money and then kind of control the message. Right. So it's up to now. The ESA and E3 to really drive home engagement and make this kind of a real big event. And the, the question actually wanna throw it back to you quickly, Ryan, because the question I have in this format, I don't know if they may not have said it just yet, but you know, are we gonna have the traditional press conferences? For example, like when you know Microsoft would would do a conference and then the E3 showing and stuff like that. Now obviously it's it's all digital, you know, there's not going to be a physical presence there, but I'm curious because I know for me personally, selfishly, you know, one of the things, I loved E3 as an event, but the actual highlight for me was actually... You know, the production, the announcements, the surprises, you know, that kind of thing. And obviously in an all digital event, because of the pandemic, some things are going to have to change. But I'm curious to see the format. The format is going to be very interesting. And then hopefully, you know, God willing, with the pandemic and everything, you know, next year, this kind of sets them up for the hopefully eventual physical event. So I guess that's my question, you know, formatting and and, and conferences and things of that nature. How are they working with the partners, you know, specifically?
0: You make you a great Mark, point. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that engagement and how they keep people's attention will be key. I mean, they have promised, quote, live press conferences. Like, they do Ooh. explicitly say that even though they haven't offered details. So I think what that tells us is, I think it's safe to say that we now know that the Microsoft Xbox slash Bethesda E3 press conference will fall somewhere in the June 12th to 15th window. Now, yeah. technically in normal, non-pandemic, in-person, physical E3 years, the Microsoft press conference and actually all the major press conferences would take place officially before Before. E3. But I would imagine now uh, in, in 2021 here in this format that the Xbox conference will take place within that June 12th to 15th window. So we'll just wait to see where they go. Will they go first? I mean... If Sony's so, if Sony does indeed not participate, it might behoove Microsoft to try and put their flag in the ground and and stake claim to the first slot to kick off the whole darn thing to really try to you know get people's attention right out of the gate uh, rather than you know letting a number of other publishers go first. Uh, so I'm that's what I'm curious of is is where Microsoft will slot into this and really. I mean, just as a gamer, I'm certainly interested to see, I mean, Sony's going to do something and there's technically, there's nothing stopping Sony from from doing a press conference within that window. They're just not part of the the E3 banner. You know, they're not flying under that banner. So uh, it, maybe it's more likely that Sony will go the week before, or the week after, somewhere close to that. But but yeah, it's uh, at least it's starting to take shape now. And I don't know. I mean, like, Miranda, I don't know about you. I, for one, I want this to be successful because I want E3 to rebuild itself back into a premier experience for, for the industry because I think the industry is better off with a Super Bowl-style event every year rather than, like, a scattershot, million different little smaller events. And quite frankly, I I love every year. I've gotten to go to however many it is, 15, 16 E3s. I love it because it's it's my favorite part of the year at IGN.
1: No, I totally agree. I love E3 so much, and I feel... I mean, I felt so lucky that I got to ever go. So I started going in 2015, and it was definitely a dream of mine. I remember being little Miranda, having her breathing treatment, one night watching Twilight Princess um, presentation that was recorded for me three with my parents. And it was just such an important thing for me. And I was like, man, I can't wait to – I hope I get to go someday. And being able to be there is is just such an experience. And honestly, it's it's an honor to be able to cover it too. It is. And to make sure that we can present everything that others can't necessarily go and see themselves. Uh, and I do love that excitement that bubbles around it. Like there's something just so energetic about having all, like swath of information at once rather than having everyone having their own little events. And I can totally understand why people would want their own events. But I would like to see E3 come back in a better way.
0: So stay tuned for more details. Oh. But yes, I mean, IGN has its we're Sorry. doing our summer of gaming <laughs> event again. The uh, so <laughs> yes. there is there is plenty of summer gaming, who am, I, who am I pointing towards? This is Dustin. Destin. I've been trying no, to Destin. talk. Cool. Well, been trying to, I've been trying to be just, respectful because cool, I know chill, Ryan has right. other considerations. I, okay, that makes me a bad yeah. host. But to, no, just good, the way my setup is, my screen's yeah. over here, my camera's over here. <laughs> you guys are out of the corner of my eye. I'm doing my best. No, I'm good. in my you're good. home you're good. office. good? You I'm sorry, Destin. Go ahead.
3: I screwed up your your break. But anyway, <laughs> um what I wanted to say was, it's interesting that both. Lord and Miranda bring up the perception that the Microsoft, the Sony conferences are part of E3. Really what Sony and Microsoft decide to do is plant them, plant their shows in the flag surrounding the E3 conference. Now, looking specifically on on the website is uh, they do say there will be live press conferences in a four day video stream. And then the attendees who are participating include Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two. But those people also have their own conferences. So Ooh. it just leaves me really curious. What, what does that mean specifically? And like, I don't think Microsoft is going to do their whole conference in, as part of E3. E3 has leaned so hard into the physical in-person event and bragging about their attendance numbers that I I honestly think they sort of lost sight of what was really, really special about E3 a little bit. So I am glad that they're going digital. It's gonna be really interesting to see if they pull it off. At the very least, it does give people a date to rally behind Yeah. because E3 and the ESA have said, this is when we're doing our thing. We have some big names associated with us, but being part of E3 in the past for developers and, and publishers is just ridiculously expensive. And I wonder if the, this last year has made them sort of reevaluate what E3 is all about. Well, I
0: hope they've been reevaluating it because, as we just talked about, there have been a number of major publishers that have bailed on E3 officially yeah. over the last and few the, years.
3: Yeah. And it's just kind of like I've really enjoyed the conferences that people have done themselves in the past and currently. So, what is E3 going to bring to the table that elevates it in some yes. way? Right. Are they able to do that? Because the stuff that people are on the panel are mentioning that they loved about it were those individual conferences. And now we get those with or without E3.
1: I just want them all at the same time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be busy. I
1: want to be super busy all at once. And then I,
2: <laughs> I love the consolidation. Yeah. That's my yeah, only thing about everyone having their own it's all over the place and and having that centralized, like Ryan said, like that Super Bowl feel in its hay, it's, it's few things that can match E3 when it was in that, that format. So it's, but you're right. You're right, Destin. It's up to E3 now to show how much they've evolved to compete with these different formats. It has to be a spectacle to make people drawn to this new format that they're going to try to attempt.
0: Yeah. It was always, I, the the Monday before E3 officially started the next day was always the best when you'd have Microsoft in the morning and then Ubisoft and EA and then Sony. And it was just one after the other all day. And then you get Nintendo the next morning and Bethesda would usually go the night before. And it was just, yeah, just this I'm with you guys, just this run of of it, it was, you know, it was one Christmas morning present yes. unwrapping session after another and that's what made it fun as a, as yeah. both, uh, you know, gamers enjoying it and also as media people covering it. So, yeah, hope here's to here's to e- the ESA figuring out a way to recreate that in a digital format and hopefully earning themselves enough goodwill and momentum to bring us all back to the Los Angeles Convention Center in person to do it bigger and better than ever next year. All right. Uh, something that popped off right before we recorded last week, actually, but still very relevant this week. And Miranda even came prepared with uh, with a prop for this because she just happens to own exactly what we're talking about. So the the Xbox wireless headset. We've talked about that. It's fantastic. I've been using it a lot. In fact, I mean, I I exclusively use it when I'm using my Xbox now. I'm really... Uh, it's, it's a really great headset for $100. Does it sound... As good as the three hundred dollars Astros that I have that that, that are wired, no. But uh, it's it this it sounds good. It's very convenient. It's really well designed. It's comfortable. I'm super happy with it for a hundred bucks. If you're not, or if you're looking for a higher end option, Bang and Olufsen has you covered. They're going to be bringing wireless uh, deluxe, very premier, upscale wireless uh, Xbox headphones. There they are on the screen. If you're watching on video. 500 bucks, the same price. So, you know, rather than buy that PS5 to go (laughs) inside your Xbox Series uh, X.
3: I'm sorry, the poor audio quality on these headphones I'm wearing with my non-500 dollar headphones. I didn't hear that. How
0: much? I can't
1: hear your sarcasm properly. $500.
0: Uh, so they're going to come in three different colors. I guess we're looking at the presumably the black anthracite here. Maybe that's the gray mist. I don't know. And then there's navy brass designed by Jacob Wagner in partnership with Bang & Olufsen's design team. These over the ear headphones feature. I mean, this is where so that we're going to get serious here. So lambskin ear cushions for great oh. sound isolation, fully immersive audio. Calf skin leather on the exterior headband, uh, with bamboo fiber textile on the inside band and the cushions on the top of the headband help prevent fatigue and head pain from long use, which I know Miranda, we talked about before we got on the air, you were, you were bringing that up. Uh, they are, you can order the, the, uh, the black ones today while the other ones are going to ship in May. Uh, they are going to be out on April 29th, again, $499. They quote they offer quote a sophisticated aesthetic and be can can be used in any situation. So they're they're pitching them as not just for Xbox, you know, you'd use them with anything else in your life, out and about with your, you know, listening to tunes on your phone or what have you. But yeah, they'll they'll connect up no problem to either Xbox One or the Xbox series. Also Bluetooth, of course, for PC use or with your phone. Active noise cancellation, that's a big one. Uh, and they say they're claiming 24 hours when using uh, Bluetooth with the with active noise cancellation. So, um, so yeah, these are very upscale. Now, Miranda, what have you got there?
1: So yes, I have a Bang & Olufsen. So this is the BioPlay 8, 8, H8I. So these were about three hundred dollars. I got them on Black Friday, so I got them. That's discounted. It was three hundred dollars. Uh, I've had these since late 2019. And they have been by far my favorite pair of headphones I've ever owned. Uh, So when I was finally ready to invest in like a nice pair of headphones and not just like the cheapy $12 earbuds that lasted me forever and were fantastic, but I needed something a little bit better for my commute. um, I ended up going with these because one, I have a rather small head and (laughs) a lot of headphones don't sit really well on my ears and they sit on my jaw. And so when they do, it starts hurting my jaw. My head hurts. Don't like it. Um, so that's when I went with uh, B&O and I said, oh, well, like they're actually really stylish. And not only that, but they sound incredible. Like I love the bass on mine. Sometimes I just run around with my apartment just wearing those. The active noise cancellation is, is not a joke. Like it is really cool. Um, it's also a thing that you can like turn on and off in which I appreciate. So like if I do want to be able to hear my surroundings, I can kind of hear it. But if not, it's... It's hard to describe. It's just weird when you have it on because it's definitely a setting, like something that just like just whoop, it's like you're in a vacuum almost. Um, and so I really adore that. And I know what they're going for here is not just meant to be for playing games. Right? Um, right. That is a big part of it. And one of the things that I was curious about, and honestly, if I had an extra five dollars, five dollars, five hundred dollars sitting around, I would be so interested in getting these because uh, the technology that they have for the BioPlay portal um, and their like audio app is really interesting so they have like preset game modes for RPG or first person shooter and if you you know really play first person shooters intensely you know you have to be listening like if you're not using um, audio to your advantage you're already behind everyone else so I'm curious to see how that actually changes things with the, with toggling it. Cause I think there's a lot of really great headsets out there that will just do it mostly well for you as far as giving you that perspective of like where audio is coming from. Um, but I'm curious to see like just how much different it is with those headphones. Um, And I know a lot of what you're paying for, too, is the materials. Like, those are not inexpensive materials. So you're definitely paying for something that's a little bit more of a premium feature. Um, And from my experience with the ones that I've had, again, I got them on sale. (laughs) so uh, Because they are quite the investment, but they're an investment I've been so happy to have. And the battery life lasts a long time. Um, And again, I was saying that the idea for these, it's not just meant to be Used for your Xbox game time, like the idea is that you could go take these and travel with, and they just look really sleek uh, and nice, and have a good battery life. Um, I also like what else do I like about it? There's just like a lot of other good features for it. So I don't know if these have it, but whenever you remove the headphones, it pauses your music and stuff. Nice. So like, there's just a lot of little features in these that I think are just a premium experience that I didn't know I would want or would work well. Uh and I'm still happy with the ones I have. But again, mine were three hundred dollars. So I'm curious as to why this is five hundred and how much better they do actually sound. And uh I, so I would have to
0: imagine that the the drivers <laughs> and other actual like internal guts of the headphones are better than the, the hundred dollar Microsoft ones oh, yeah. as well. Um and yeah, you know, it's there is definitely sticker shock with this, and they know Fair. it's not for everyone, but but that's the thing. It's if you're a heavy xbox gamer and who also likes to as like you miranda you know listen to listen to stuff out out and about um there is there is definitely a case to be made for these i mean i i sit here i love and adore my xbox elite series 2 controller which costs
1: that's true four times
0: as much as a regular controller does it's
1: so good and and
0: it's and to me it's it's you know it's a you get a good bit for your money there, so um, yeah. The, the <laughs> these are five times more than the Xbox wireless headset, and as much as the console itself. But yeah, there's there is an audience for this. Uh, Destin, you're in video production. You do a lot with with AV in general. Uh, are these are these tickling your fancy at all?
3: I really want to dive into the quality that the headphones actually output. I'd be really, really interested to look at these a lot more closer because I'm looking at the stats next to Astro A50s, and I'm really, really curious because I believe these are A40s or A50s. I don't remember off the top of my head. If they're um, they're
0: wireless, they should be A50s.
3: Yeah, they're just old. But I've I've been an Astros fan for a decade or longer. Um, But I'm curious to see if the quality has retained as much as I think it has over the last 10 years. Right. So $500 for me, it's, it's very high. And for me, like leather versus cloth, I like cloth more than leather. That's easier. Like everything on these headphones are easy to replace. You can easily take that off. You can do do all sorts of little, like the, the headband and such on these headphones. You can, you can easily do, uh, Bang and Olufsen, the, the headphones, to Miranda's point, look look very nice. It, it looks like it fully encompasses the ear, which is actually something that I really consider with all of my headphones because otherwise you're getting pressure on your ear and pressure on the side of your head. Mm-hmm. I also wear glasses, so it's important mm-hmm. to me that it's not pressing on my temples too much. Yep. And I would say that I'd say after about like a long day, like if I work a long day where I'm wearing these all day, I will eventually start to feel pressure, but I don't think that's specific to Astros. I think that's just headphones in general. Yeah, you're going to feel hot or something yeah. on your it's head. And that slight pressure over a 12 hour day, you know, is going to get to you. So I'm curious. Yeah. I don't want to say definitively. I I think it's too expensive. Just. Like, $500, it just seems like a really, really high price point to me. I mean, they're a luxury.
1: They're, they're definitely, yeah. they're like, hey, we, we're we offering you a set of headphones that will work potentially so wonderfully with the Xbox, but they're also stylish. Like, this does not scream gamer, right? Like, that's that's the thing is, like, you're paying for, um, it's like a fashion product also. It's not just supposed that, to be the tech. And that's why it is also going to be more expensive, honestly.
3: I, yeah, I think, I think, you're right on it's the money, bragging. Miranda. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally, uh, it is a fashion statement to say, oh, I have this this fancy thing. And it's a bit of bragging rights. Right. Um, but when there's so many competitors on oh, yeah. the market for three hundred dollars, um, are they going to sell it? Like, I don't know. I'm. It's really just interesting to me. I would love to personally test it. Mm-hmm. I think Bo, Bo Moore, our tech editor, is going to do an excellent job with looking at these, comparing them to other brands or whichever freelancer Bo ends up assigning it to who just really knows his stuff about audio. Because at the end of the day, I want the best audio on my headphones. And especially when you're playing a game that really leans into the audio aspects like uh, I'm playing through Hellblade again, the original Hellblade and the the audio effects in that game. When you're dealing with her mental illness and and how that's conveyed through the audio. And the, in addition to that, the audio advances that we've had over the last few years, are they able to take full advantage of that versus a $300 set of headphones?
2: Cognito, where do you fall with these? I think uh, Miranda and Destin really knocked it out the park. I mean, for me, at first, when you're reading the, the, the specifications of the headphone, of course, I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit because this, this really seems like extreme, pristine quality. And, and it's definitely looking to, I guess, cater to the, the audiophile. Right, because you know, for me, like you said, Ryan, I have the uh, what you call it, the what uh, the hundred dollar the the new Xbox Wireless, and I've been enjoying it. You know, I guess yeah. my only negative, if I had to, um, you know, say like nitpick, would be like Destin said, like after long use, you know, on your head after a while, especially as a, as a glasses wear, you know, you start to wear that starts to wear on you, and then microphone quality. So to Destin's point, I'm very curious when. You know, hopefully IGN does that breakdown. I'll be right there to uh, to check that out. You know, and um, see how that compares. How how truly does it compare from a from a specification standpoint, from an audio standpoint, and also from Atmos, because Atmos is really something that excites me in the gaming space. And I've, now that I've had my feet wet with it, it's truly game training. You know, Gears has, has it has it. I, you know, I really feel it, it's transformative. It sounds amazing, especially um, with streaming services like, you know, the movies and stuff like that or, you know, mostly uh, HBO Max and yep. all these different uh, streaming services use it. So you got that. And to Miranda's point, I think it, it they are catering to this different market. It's clearly also a fashion statement amongst other things. So it may not be for me in my my price range, <laughs> but there may be, you know, a group that says, look, I want pristine audio quality. I want comfort. And like you said, I can sit here and and like you said, right? I can sit here and laugh, but I'm the same guy who paid $200 for an elite controller because it's that value to me. So now that I've come around after joking about the illustrious quality that (laughs) you were describing it, I said, you know what? In fairness, they they may have a market here. But to Destin's point, I do need to see those comparisons if it's worth that price to value proposition. I, I need to know. What it sounds like. So, I'm waiting for that, Destin. <laughs> yeah, I w-
1: yeah. would say too, like, kind of emphasizing this again, I think there is an intention for you to take these outside of your home, like, after you play games. Like, it's not meant to just be for games. And I think they're trying to emphasize that to, to try to get more of a use case. Cause, like, do you take your Astros out when you go for a walk? I don't. <laughs> no, I, never, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, would, I
3: wouldn't take any over ear headphone out for a walk. Not, yeah. not like not like this. I would take uh, earbuds. Oh, buds, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I think everyone has a mm, different yeah. use case. But for people who would want over ear headphones, like I like over ear headphones so people don't talk to me. So um, but also I think I think these also have a cool feature potentially if they have the same as the ones that I do. But there's a way for you to toggle it so you can hear things around you. So essentially it uses your mic so you can listen to people and things oh, without having to take off your headphones. So sometimes I do that as like a safety feature, um, just to like, if there's something like a commotion happening, I'll listen, but without having to take off my headphones. Um, or if I'm just like, hear someone saying something like suspicious, I'm like, I want to listen in, give me the, give me the juicy gossip, <laughs> so, but I'm not listening. Cause I have headphones on. It's very silly, but just features like that, I think is the intention that you can take it out of your home. Also these product shots guys, these apartments that they're in, it's just like okay, okay. Uh, if you're Must on be video nice video. to have that big leather couch. <laughs>
0: None of these are shot from in San Francisco. That's for sure. Where we have, where we have uh, rooms the size of closets. But um, <laughs> well, we will definitely review these. Whether it's one of us or whether it's from our tech team, these will get reviewed on IGN. Remember, we we gave the the regular Xbox, the new Xbox Wireless Headset. We gave that an 8, you know, it's and I totally concur based on my time with it. Uh it is an excellent value at $100. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to compare the two and and see how these shake out and and I think to Miranda's point at the very top of this segment, you know, it might be a thing where yes, these are out in April, but maybe, you know, and a lot of people are still going to be trying to find a Series X between now and the holidays. Maybe it's a thing where you keep an eye on at IGN deals on Twitter and you never know, maybe they go on sale for 300 or 350 bucks at the holidays and you can pick them up on a a much better price like Miranda did with hers. So something to something to consider there as time goes on. Uh, Next, again, I told you at the top, this was an Xbox Power Hour. No, no multi-platform shenanigans this week. The Xbox Series X Mini Fridge, long joked about, now going to be a real thing. And uh, it came out of <laughs> out of a little, you know, clearly obvious Twitter marketing promotion. But all right, we're getting something cool out of it. Xbox defeated Skittles in a brand, basically a brand popularity contest from from the official Twitter marketing account. Uh, there was a vote off, basically. And as as you know, All these things are, I'm sure, pretty much staged outside of the votes themselves. But the our friend Aaron Greenberg, the marketing boss at Xbox, as the vote was pretty tight heading into the final stretch of it, he (laughs) took to Twitter and said, all right, here goes. Help Xbox win this and we'll put into production this year. And then in all caps, real Xbox Series X mini fridges. Yep, you read that right. Not an April Fool's joke not clickbait and Xbox did defeat the colored candy by 1% (laughs) in a total of 341,000 votes between cast overall in the poll. And following the victory, Aaron Greenberg thanked everyone on Twitter and said, quote, the first fridge will be filled with games and headed to our friends at Skittles, of course. So taking the high road in victory, (laughs) a, a gracious winner. So this is it guys. I mean, do, do any of the 3 of you want to get a a, a Series X mini fridge?
3: No.
1: I want no, I want one real bad. <laughs> I see, I, 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 I can't Mar- explain Thank it. you Miranda. It's just really cool.
3: <laughs> when I have more space Yeah. Then I'll talk about mini fridges, okay? But right now I am crammed in this tiny apartment in San Francisco. I do not have space for anything.
1: You see, here's probably what I would do is I'd have it I already have a fridge and it is plenty large enough for my own things, but I could have a beer fridge, guys.
2: Oh, there you go. There you go.
1: Fridge. And then eventually I take that out and then I could take it to the office and put it in the wiki corner. And then it could be a food fridge with some beer for me for later.
0: So Xbox weird. Beeries X. Yeah.
1: There we go. There we go, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah,
0: no, That's not how that, <laughs> that works. works
4: it's, cool, it's cool to see them just have
0: fun. i
3: begrudgingly like that.
1: Did you guys did you guys vote for Xbox in the poll? Did you see it? I did.
0: I I no, I didn't vote because <laughs> uh, those those things are just, you know, they're just it's just marketing. It's like it I do you vote in this? It is, but I don't like <laughs> the Skittles sounds like really Xbox good. you should win. <laughs> yeah, I've, t- I will say if I had voted, I definitely would have voted for Xbox, and not just because I'm on an Xbox show, beca- but because I've, I'll be honest—I know I'm going to probably—we're going to lose some listeners here. Let's go. I've never liked Skittles. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I not a good liked candy. Them either. Not I a don't fan. Like, their candy. <gasps> like that. Sorry, Skittles. <laughs>
2: Damn. That was yeah. cool to see, what, you know, just the, the marketing teams have fun and, yeah. you know, the community get behind it. It, it, was, it was a feel good moment. And it just, to me, all it did was culminate a great week for Xbox, you know, when, as far as W's are concerned. They got another win in, in the public eye and perception. <laughs> That's true. a good point.
0: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, just keeping the hot streak alive exactly. for everybody at Microsoft. So, yeah, uh, Miranda, well, you never know. Maybe Aaron Greenberg will hear this and an Xbox. <laughs> Beery's X mini fridge because I'm doing that now. We'll uh, we'll show up at your door. You never know. You you can show us all on the podcast. What beers you have in it. (laughs) Would love to. All right. uh, We are starting to run out of time, so I'm going to move next to the loot box. Reminder that we are now taking loot box questions still via video, but we're taking them via Twitter now. So just record yourself on video. uh, Post it to Twitter Please tag me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan so that I can make sure to see it. And then I'm keeping a running document with uh, with everybody's video questions in there. So the loot, blo- the loot box, as a reminder, is the segment of the show where you can just ask us anything. Just pose an Xbox question to the panel for discussion. And our question this week comes from Zach Shipley. Go ahead, Zach.
5: Hey Unlock Crew, this is Zach Shipley coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've got a loot box question for you. I can't help but notice by looking at the DICE Awards, BAFTAs, VGAs, and other awards uh, uh, organizations that, you know, there's a lot of awards going to games like Hades and Last of Us and Animal Crossing. These are all really good games, uh, but none of the games that that were nominated for major awards last year uh, even appeared on Xbox systems, let alone were made by Xbox. Do you think that with Microsoft's long-term strategy, with acquiring be- uh, Bethesda and beefing up all their internal studios, that they're going to be looking to not just make great games that you know, play well on Game Pass and are crowd pleasers, but do you think they have a long-term strategy towards uh, making more Game of the Year type uh, nominee uh, games and like really prestige games, like, like how some studios, movie studios, release prestige movies for Oscars and Golden Globes, or or or? TV channels uh, release stuff specifically to like win a bunch of Emmys. Uh, so, do you think it's it's not just about sales and Game Pass subs, or do you think they're going to try to win more awards in the future? Look forward to hearing your feedback, and thanks again for the great show.
0: Thank you very much, Zach. All right, guys, I'm going to go around the room here, starting with Miranda. Go ahead, Miranda. What do you think on this one?
1: I would like to think that. Rather than focusing on awards, they're more so focusing on just making sure we're getting really excellent games. And I think that's the first step for everything, right? Um, I'm sure the developers would love to win awards, and I'm sure Xbox would like to be a little bit more synonymous with that. Uh, I do think, Zach, you absolutely have a great point that when it does come to award season, sometimes you're like, okay, these games that maybe that have come out recently maybe barely edge into certain categories, but they're not necessarily always the game of the year um, nominees that we see pushing forward and so I, I do hope that we see uh, those big amazing quality games that we see on other systems come about uh, and i think they will just because um i know what we have with how microsoft has t- sort of approached its studios is like okay we have faith in you we like your games you are now part of our team and we are essentially giving you that space to just go make your games and so hopefully with that sort of mindset uh, these studios will be able to make really great games
2: Lord Cognito, take it from here. Yeah, I mean I, I agree. I think it's gonna be a situation like like I said, with Microsoft's approach with kind of hands off and letting the development process take shape, you know, we're going to get quality. You know, I, I have a lot of fans. I'm a huge Obsidian fan. You know, I think Compulsion has some things cooking. Playground, as we know, is working on Fable stuff. I think also the size of these teams have shown that they can do multiple projects. So I think it's only a matter of time. I know Xbox fans have been, like, waiting, you know, for a while. But the reality is I think it's cooking. I'll use a sports analogy. It's almost like, you know, you've got all these great draft picks, and it's only a matter of time before those cultivate and grow, and you get a superstar out of that trust, trust sure, the process hey. right they, yes. yeah, trust the process now if they if they didn't have a good farm system then I'd be worried but because of we're seeing the investment and the commitment I am confident it's only a matter of time
0: if uh you know you mentioned you're a big obsidian fan so is is avowed the number one game on your first party list right now
2: absolutely yeah we, obsidian I don't want to spoil too much but um I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I love that team over there. Also, don't sleep on compulsion. I have a, It's a thing I have on Iron Love Podcast. The Xbox community gives me a little bit of hard time. I call it hashtag just one, which is new IP, third person, kind of cinematic style, right? And because I feel Xbox needs, needs that new hero going into the generation or the new, new protagonist. So... I think compulsion may be because from what I understand, that may be the formula that they may be approaching with their next title. So I, I've got a lot of faith in Xbox Game Studios. A lot of a lot of good talent over there. Absolutely. Destin, what do you have to say to Zach here?
3: Xbox Game Studios will absolutely be winning awards. If not in 2021, it will definitely happen in 2022. They have a killer lineup Ooh. of developers and talent. They will be in this showcase and Taking home the awards very soon, Mm. Mm.
0: yeah. And I'll say, I mean, I hope they're gunning for awards because that's, I mean, to the in all seriousness though, I would it would be interesting to to ask that point blank of a AAA like a a director, creative director level person is like, are you actually in your, even if you won't admit it, like in your (laughs) deepest of egos, are you thinking? I want to win game of the year with this. Or Absolutely. does do, I mean I'm sure everybody's different but or do they, you know, do most of them not think that way and just think I got to, you know, just trust trust the process, trust the, trust process. the team <laughs> and and try to deliver the best thing they can. But cuz I guess, you know, the bottom line is uh sales, game sales, Game Pass subscriptions will follow if the games are excellent. You know, that's that there will be a natural byproduct, but but yeah, I hope like I hope that uh, that the team at at Playground that's rebooting Fable is coming into work every day, uh, even just from home and thinking, what are we going to do today to make this one step closer to being the game of the year in 2022 or whatever? So I hope they're thinking that way. Absolutely. Also, want to shout out.
3: Sorry, sorry, that's the guy. I
2: I was there. just
3: going to say Ori was robbed
2: also. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yes. For <laughs> sure. And yeah. I don't want to forget Ninja Theory. I, I forgot. Ninja Theory. Hellblade 2. Yeah, Ninja Theory. Shout out to them. and Shout out to oh, my, my homie Dizzy. He's a huge Ninja Theory. We, we always battle. We have these internal battles like, who's the best, you know, of the acquisition, so to speak. We you know Bethesda's coming. It's pre Bethesda. But uh, yeah, Ninja Theory, they, they, they're going to be coming. Project Mar, a lot of stuff. Hellblade 2, a studio to watch out for
0: that and i mean of the currently announced first party xbox games hellblade 2 is probably arguably the most sony first party like right yes. like that sort of sort of s- emotional you know mm-hmm. deep rich story cinematic third person action adventure kind of yes. game that that could very well be that uh that award yeah. bait the oscar bait as it were Absolutely. and i hope it i hope it is i hope it is i'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what Ninja Theory comes up with. Zach Shipley, thank you so much for your loot box question. Again, if you'd like to ask an Xbox question of the panel for us to discuss at this part of the show, just tweet it out in video form and tag me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. And with that, we move to the Unlock Block trivia segment as our end of show tradition here. Uh, this question actually comes from uh, our outgoing super producer, John Borba, as Red Rigos has stepped in to produce Unlock Now, which uh, we're very happy to have read. He's produced so much great stuff at IGN over the years. And John on his way out said, can I ask a trivia question? And I said, yes, of course you can. So uh, John asks this, and this is a good one. We'll see if we'll test your guy's memory here. Which of the following was Phil Spencer's favorite original Xbox game. And yes, he has gone on record publicly with this. So, was it Crimson Skies, High Road to Revenge, Voodoo Vince, Psychonauts, or Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic? Uh, this, These are all four excellent games. I've played all four of these, finished all four, love them. Miranda, I'm going to go your way first. Have you uh, any <laughs> any thought here?
1: I think that uh, weird grimace that I just made is... Medication that, that I do not know.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Phil,
1: <laughs> but I I get to learn today though, so that's exciting. But if I were to guess, what game Phil Spencer likes, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I'm he's listening,
0: say, so no pressure.
1: No, no yeah. pressure. I, I, I hope the walk's going well. Uh, let's just run with Psychonauts.
0: Psychonauts, yes, an excellent game from the mind of Tim Schaefer. Now yeah. I'm. I think out of the corner of my eye, now I'll look over here, I think Cognito seemed like he knew this. I think he's getting a pretty good <laughs> idea, so I'm going to go Destin's yeah. way next before I go to Lord Cognito.
3: Destin? See Psychonauts.
0: Also, sticking with Miranda, going teamwork <laughs> on this one. I like that. All right, LC,
2: do you know the answer to this? I believe I do. I believe he's on record for Voodoo Vince. Voodoo Vince. you are correct sir got a a remaster as well well done yes I had a hunch (laughs) the answer is Voodoo Vince and uh, he
0: has said that it was the first game he played uh, with I don't recall if it was a son or daughter but uh, with with a child yeah so there's a special special connection there for Phil to Voodoo Vince well done Lord Cognito. In fact, I got to get you on the scoreboard here. At the, right, rate, at the rate my panel's going, you might win if we have you back on a couple <laughs> more times because it's been a slow year.
2: That's all I'm going to say.
0: It's yes.
1: hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Oh, this I got to catch it to my man, go. Brandon, man. He's a beast.
1: <laughs> I'm winning. I'm winning. Oh, you Oh,
0: Brandon's okay. up right now. Three points. Oh. Three, Three to uh, points. Cam's two Destin's Ooh. not even on the scoreboard yet, and it's getting embarrassing <laughs> now. Talking about trust in the process, going for that 28 game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. See, Destin doesn't know the reference, but knows it. what I'm I talking about. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We've got a few minutes left. And, and by the way, uh, I very much welcome and encourage more good trivia questions. That was an excellent one from John cool. Borba. So well played, John. Uh, if you have a good Xbox trivia question, you can email it to me. The email address is unlocked at ign.com. Please include the question for multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email and you might be featured on an upcoming show. All right, Lord Cognito. Uh, I don't think I in thinking back to the beginning of the show. I don't think I did a good enough job promoting you and giving you your, your due plug here. Because you've been on before, but for those that may have missed your first appearance, you do a tremendous podcast that I have been lucky enough to be invited on. Please tell us about, now that they've fallen in love with you over the last hour here, and they see you really, you're, I love having you on, uh, I had a blast with you today, where can
2: people go check out your show? Yeah, I am Lord's Podcast, so check us out on YouTube, usually every Sunday is the Lord's Day. We, uh, we'd like to celebrate those in the, in the gaming community, whether it be content creation, developers, anybody involved with the process. Because I feel like, you know, even in media, you know, all of you don't get the credit you deserve. And as gamers, sometimes I think we take it for granted. So uh, for us, it's more about celebration, you know, four lifelong friends having fun, but at the same time, you know, going over your gaming history. As you know, Ryan, you got Chief of Randy, you got Chief of Destin. I'm waiting on you. I'm still waiting on you, Destin. <laughs> I ain't gonna let you go. <laughs> but uh, no, but it, it was really fun to have you have you all on. Brandon was on as well. It, it, again, just I think the, there's not enough celebration of what we appreciate. And that's what we try to bring. We and bring gamers together. You know, it doesn't matter if your platform preference. Yes, we have a lot of Xbox, you know, preferences and stuff like that. But at the same time, we have you know, Nintendo guests, big developers. We had Jason Ronald on, you know, from the Series X to Series S, which was tremendous for us. And uh, we, we just try to do some positive things in the community. And where can we find the show? And where can we mm-hmm. find you on social media? Sure. So again, Iron Lord pod, at Iron Lord podcast on Twitter. And then you can find me at Lord Cognito as well on Twitter and also part of the Lords of Gaming Network. So that's lordsofgaming.net. And you can check us out there. We have great opinion pieces. And also you can find the episodes of the podcast and all the other things that we take a part of. And again, tremendous. Love you guys. You know, Unlocked is always a great time. And uh, again, Ryan, thank you for the for the bat signal. Once I saw baseball. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the timing
0: worked out great. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Destin Legary, I know you've got something to promote.
3: Yeah, so I've been sort of teasing it. Sometimes when I make something, I go all in and I'm really, really proud of the work that I did on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition performance preview. You can take a look at first close up gameplay of the original game. Uh, we also were provided gameplay of Mass Effect 2, including including Layer the Shadow Broker, and we got to talk with Bioware about some of the changes in the series, and I'm really, really proud of how this piece came out. You can check it out now on ign.com or youtube.com/slash ign. And then uh, for my personal stuff, I've been recording vlogs at like 1:30 in the morning, and people have really been liking them over on youtube.com/slash Destin channel. So if you're into sleep-deprived Destin talking about game <laughs> industry stuff, it keeps me really sharp for unlocked. So I've I've really appreciated that additional benefit. So uh yeah you can check that out too but please I'm so proud of the Mass Effect piece. Please go watch the Mass Effect piece. If you're if you're a Mass Effect fan I really think you're gonna like uh the care that they're giving the series and and ha- how they're evolving it so that it's playable basically in 2021.
0: It's really good. Uh I would encourage you know try if you know please watch it but please try to watch it on a 4K screen if you can or at least not your phone. Because, uh, you know, the remasters in 4K and Destin's piece is in 4K uh, and it's just it's really well put together. And for me, Destin, it got me uh, so amped for May to roll Mass Effect 1 again, which for me will be the first Uh time since it came out. I only Uh ever played each of them once. I just rolled the trilogy once as each of them came out. And Mass Effect 1's always been my favorite. Uh, so yeah you're, you and it and really showed off the improvements that they've made uh, from a technical I'm, standpoint as well so I'm great so job stoked. on that Miranda take us home
1: <laughs> yeah so I'm just gonna double down on Destin's Mass Effect video if you guys haven't seen it absolutely do uh, <laughs> Thanks, listen, my, no yeah it's so good I watched it this morning <laughs> it was over coffee it was, it was wonderful <laughs> um, I'm mostly just doing a lot of behind the scenes work right now so nothing too interesting for you to look at unless you wanted to go check out anything on IGN Guides we'd really support it uh, but otherwise, on personal stuff, I'm still playing Batman Arkham Asylum on my Twitch channel. So that's twitch.tv slash Rose, And you pretty much find me at Havoc Rose anywhere around the web, including on IGN. Did you guys know that we have uh, personality pages? So if you wanted to go see everything we've published, go search our usernames. Fine.
0: Awesome. For the great Lord Cognito, along with Destin, Miranda and our producer Rodrigo. So I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked episode 489 and we'll see y'all back here next week.